Isaac. Isaac. <coughs> Could you tell Safra that I love her? He just slowly disappears. Mr. Spinks gave it his all. What, what do you mean? Guard! Turn your head what little you can and see a man walk up to you. I'm afraid we have use for the sentinels. Will you protect us? Name thyself. My name is Harris Azerun. Baba, what are you doing here? Safra? What in the name of the gods is going on here? He just envelops you into a hug. When you're quite done, could you remove your hands from me? How is Harissa feeling, seeing her father for the first time in nearly 20 years? What? What the hell? What? She's pissed. The city has fallen. The Lord Governor Hakota Agra is here. Who controls the city? At the moment, the Lord Governor Hakota Agra. No, he's been dead more than 20 years. Who's in charge? Oh, you Hakoda Agra, no, you know what? I'm so sorry. It's Hank. Just to be clear, what you're saying is we're not going to be able to get any more resin. Ma warned me that that might be the case. What's your mother's name? Katerin. Hello, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Unbalanced Encounters, the show that dares to ask, what if everyone's parents were just the absolute fucking worst? I'm your host, Patrick Pariti. Say hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. The the visceral rage emanating off of the women in this crew at the moment is palpable and justified. Like Isaac's parents, I don't know what they but they're probably pretty cool. I love my fucking dad. I think we I think we talked about this briefly in like episode four, where we were like, why is everyone's parents absent or terrible? And 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 we we determined that Isaac's parents were just like super chill, just like just salt to the earth fucking people, bacon cookies and stuff. Um, so there you go, Isaac. You get one. You get one. Listen, listen. Every, Everything else is on fire. D and D. Everyone's <laughs> parents are always either dead or the worst. So you gotta spice it up yeah. and have actual healthy relationship with your parental figures. <laughs> but in the meantime, we have uh, some actively on fire parental relationships uh, happening. And uh, sort of consuming the attention of many of our heroes at the moment. Which is actually where we begin. We are in a clearing. On the side of the hill into which Rally has been built. Maybe a... 20 or 30 minute walk outside of town 
a little outcropping that is cleared of trees, but looks out over the autumnal western wields. Leaves yellowing and beginning to fall as the mild winter creeps in. There is a fire color to the forest that mirrors the fire burning in front of you, Safra. You are about to begin a ritual. One that, according to your father, is traditional for the Tinian people. We know that Oz is going to be doing your tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious who else is present? Who would Harissa want at this little ceremony? Hmm. I think she'd ask June to be there because she knows um, she can trust her if anything weird goes on Um, because she doesn't really know what this entails Um, and also she can trust her not to judge her like I think they've both kind of had some revelations about parents recently Um, they suck right Uh, and she feels kind of like um, like she can bring June in on this with her uh, because of that but she wouldn't have um, I think that's probably it like she she wouldn't want to have a lot of people there there's one other person that is there at the request of your father who is largely facilitating the ritual, and that is Sherwood. Mm-hmm. And he is playing the lute made by your grandfather. Bundles of sage smolder on the glowing embers of the fire, perfuming the space as Sherwood strums the lute. Sparks flicker against the silhouette of the trees as the sun lowers over the distant horizon. And Oz sits cross-legged next to you, cracking open a bag of tools and implements, inks and resins. They gently begin to roll up the sleeve of your ceremonial garb. Harissa, would you please describe this special outfit that has been given to you by your father? I imagine it's similar in a sense to kind of what that sort of loose kind of poncho thing that she kind of wears like wrapped around herself um, on a day to day. Uh, that sort of quasi-nomadic sort of style. But this one is overtly decorated and embroidered. Um, It's got beads and um, like little crystals and little mirror pieces sort of like all the way sort of around the kind of edging and with tassels and the most vibrant colors. all kind of so intrinsically kind of woven together you kind of see almost like that oil spill rainbow vibrancy sort of running through this material that's very cool so it's wherever the tattoo is done 
this poncho sort of like overall sort of like a flowing robe can be easily sort of lifted or kind of moved to the side whilst kind of keeping the rest of you kind of like covered um so you're not kind of like bearing all in front of everyone and i think running throughout if one were to look closely enough there is a subtle silver thread not distinct from the filigree that adorns the geckos and guard but with a slight squared off geometric edge oz sits cross-legged next to you harissa and pulls out a needle and some red ink and in a moment when your father is tending the fire they kind of lean in you uh you ready for this safra Safra takes a deep breath and I'm as ready as I will ever be for something that apparently I was born to do and had no idea about. Oz kind of waggles their head back and forth a little bit, contemplating what you've just said. You know, I feel like that's kind of it's kind of true for us all. Might be a little more literal for you, but we're all born to do something, and fuck me if I know what it is. <laughs> very true, Oz, very true. All right, do your worst. <laughs> well, I hope you do your best, but I mean, you know, this is going to be with me for life, so please don't, please don't fuck it up. consummate professional Safra consummate professional you don't need to worry about it it's been 10 years since I've touched a needle but it's fine I know exactly what I'm doing it's just like riding a bicycle I you know it occurs to me that you might not know what those are Uh, never mind Uh, it'll be fine (laughs) bicycle okay and at that moment your father Haris Alzerun Regards, June. And I'm curious, just June, kind of briefly, like, where, what, how are you kind of occupying this space here? She is standing protectively near Harissa, arms crossed, and just staring down her dad. (laughs) June, you notice something very different in. Harris's countenance since you first met. When you first met, he was very much in the mood that, well, Harissa found him in shocked and confident that he would be implicitly forgiven by his wayward daughter. You see in him a new cautious deference to the importance of the new people in his daughter's life and the path that she's charted on her own. And we flash back. (laughs) I wonder who. (laughs) What a good question. 
you're actually probably wrong. Uh, we flash back to a moment uh, in this past week. As you all have returned to rally and you've begun to settle into the routine of living alongside these Agravarian troops. And as you've tried to figure out how to coexist with these people that I would imagine you've all had mixed reactions to. And we see Harris on patrol one evening. We find him specifically in the garden of the Broadbeams. Guard, I would imagine that your perspective has changed a little bit since you've last been in this garden. I also imagine that you'd still have an attachment to it. So I'm curious, what what is Guard doing in this space now that Guard is not patrolling? Guard is not defending Rally in the way that he was? Since we've gotten back to Rally, Guard has been trying to wrestle with the idea that he knows that he needs to kill the Emperor, and normally the logic of that in his brain would be, I will walk to where the Emperor is and kill him. And that seems like that is not the, the way to do it. And I think it's a, he's sort of tooling around in his mind this idea of even if he doesn't truly have a greater perspective on larger plans and things like that now he needs to start trusting in the people around him that do have those larger perspectives and starting to come to terms with the idea of like following another's lead and that's like a strange thing for him because he's so used to being like this is the thing that needs to happen so I'm going to do this thing and while he's been doing that for anyone that has a real keen eye they will notice that sort of scattered throughout <laughs> the garden probably pushed to the side so Auntie Gerda doesn't hurt herself are like tens of broken sewing needles as he has been trying to put together <laughs> a dress that sort of looks as closely as he can remember to the one that Spinks lost but he has one hand and one stump and the hand is a gauntlet so it is very hard for him to actually do any truly fine work. So it looks sort of like what a four or five-year-old might do oh, if they classic. were given the tools to make a dress. It doesn't really look like a dress. Oh, I love it so much. So cute. And many, many little bits of shiny, like, river stones and things like that uh, affixed to it. A guard, would you please roll me a sewing kit check at disadvantage? We're going to make that dex <laughs> no proficiency. Amazing. This is too cute. Damn it. I've, I've never wanted two net 20s please in my entire life. It's not terrible. I'm 12. <laughs> okay. Um, guard, I think that you have just affixed a shining bits of geode to sort of the the solar plexus of what is the first actually wearable dress you've managed to concoct here um it is not perfect 
Some would say it is not good. <laughs> it's a, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. But it is wearable for the first time and adorned in a way that I think... I don't necessarily know that Guard would be proud of because I don't necessarily know that Guard really takes pride in his creative capacity. I think it's more that Guard is satisfied with the way that it looks, that Guard thinks that Sphinx would be proud of the way that it looks. And I think that that satisfaction is what sort of resonates within him as you hear a footstep up behind you kind of crunch into the mulch. Good evening. Hello. I did not mean to disturb you. My rounds have taken me through this part of the town this evening, and I simply wanted to pay my respects. Why? Uh. What am I to you? Harris looks baffled at that question. Like, just, what? Like, Oh, and there's a moment where he has absolutely no idea how to answer. And that gets to him a little bit. That like forces some reflection where he has to consider vocalizing a symbol of his religion to the living embodiment of that belief system. And he kind of chews it over for a second. He says, you are a guardian, yes? Yes. In my culture, we are taught to respect guardians as powerful forces of nature and of aid. You are Tanin. I am. As is Harissa. She is. Why does she not take comfort in you? That is a question that I find difficult to answer. I have been considering it, and my best assumption leads me to believe that she is still hurt by the decisions of her mother and I. Walk with me. And I stand up and start walking into the woods. As you wish. Uh, And he, like, gathers up his weaponry kind of assures that his sword is at the ready he realizes that he's abandoning post in this moment but he follows obediently as we walk i say i have grown quite close with harissa she is important to me she is important to what i must do that does not surprise me then why do you dishonor her so I beg your pardon, but I'm not sure that I understand what you mean, dishonor her. I'm going to grab him by his lapel with my one good arm. Oh, shit. I'm going to pick him up and slam him up against a tree. Oh, fuck. And get my face really close to his face. I knew it. I knew it. He's going to come back and say I buried him with the others. (laughs) Oh, um... Yeah, he is up against that tree. Uh, do you want to go ahead and roll me an intimidation check? I don't, I don't think I'm going to have you roll any like athletics or anything here because I, I genuinely don't think that he would resist uh, until you start hurting him. Uh, 15 on the intimidation check. Okay. That's a natural two on the die for an insight. Go on. Say that again. 
I assure you that I meant no disrespect. What you meant does not matter. You are Tanin. I am not important to your people. I do not deserve or need your respect. Your daughter deserves and needs your respect. If you do not find peace with her, she will not be fully capable. Fix this, or you are no Tanin at all. He stands there, motionless, but for a slight tremble. And we flash back to the present. June's making herself real big. Puffing up the chest like... (laughs) And Harris takes a knee in front of his daughter. Safra. There are many things that we need to discuss. There are many things that you do not understand. But your life here has shown me that there are things that you have learned that I do not understand. Harissa is sitting with her back as straight as possible, her head raised and chin sort of like high and she's just looking down her nose at him. You are in Oz's light. He shifts slightly. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's just holding herself with as much sort of presence and decorum as she can whilst inside raging um, at what he just said. Um, she doesn't want to give him the the knowledge of how much that got under her skin. Romeo, Romeo, a, a little deception check, if you'd be so kind. Oh, that's a six. Okay. Yeah. I get a minus one, so. <laughs> he rolled a seven on the die for his insight. Oh, fuck's sake. And so he... He catches that something is bothering you. He has no idea what. Catches a bristle. But he catches, he catches a bristle. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) that settles into his features in a surprising way. His jaw loosens slightly. His normally high arched eyebrows lower gently. Tradition demands that I caution you against rage in this moment. But I am unconvinced that that rage is unjustified. So instead, what I will tell you is that I appreciate your trust and that I acknowledge that I may not deserve it in the ways in which I might hope. I am currently trusting in those around me who have earned it. June. June's going to move from her her very pa- big old power stance uh, <laughs> beside Harissa. And yes. she wants to move, stand 
not like directly in front of Harissa's mm-hmm. dad, but she wants to stand in front of Harissa in a way that she can hold her focus. I think uh, Safra is going to see June shifting and June, sit here. And she's going to pat the left hand side of her where Oz won't be working. And as if June wants to sit, um, as she does, uh, under the poncho robes, she's going to hold June's hand. June does. <laughs> Little growl to her, to her dad. <sighs> Safra, daughter of my and heir to the unbroken legacy of the Tanin. I wish you all of the luck on this voyage. I think she just gives him a very slight nod in understanding. And he takes from beneath his poncho a sort of rolled paper containing several special herbs and he takes one of the sage brushes from the fire and kind of packs the paper into it sets it down in front of harissa and sits back to let it burn harissa over the next few minutes you slowly feel the smoke from the fire and the sage and the herbs begin to relax your muscles and distort your vision. Sharp auras begin to climb out of the fire and you find yourself having a hard time focusing on any one particular face or feature. And as you feel your arm fully relax for what I have to imagine is like the first time in a decade, Mm. you feel the gentle pinprick tap of a tattoo needle thud against your arm. And before you can realize where this is going and what it might entail you're alone the trees begin to melt away one at a time back to the earth from where they came until there's nothing left but the fire you hear the hiss and the crackle of a log snap and tumble into the bed of coals. And then you see something weird. A kettle. Set down in the glowing embers. And all of a sudden you realize that you can in fact focus on this kettle where you haven't been able to focus on anything for some time. And you let your eyes wander up to who set it there, and you are staring into the face of a six-foot-tall Komodo dragon. Safra. My little jewel. 
Gramirosa. I'm so proud of you. Well, I have literally been to Helen back, I suppose. That was, honestly, I heard about that, absolutely insane. I don't think in our 20 generations of familial history we've ever had anyone do that. It was pretty badass, I mean. <sighs> but... You are alone, dear child. Yes. I lost Mr. Spinks. Ah. It is unfortunate that you had to do that. And more so that you had to do it without having anyone tell you that it can be mended. But fr fret not, darling. Wait. We'll get him back. You mean we... This isn't just a dream, right? It's kind of a dream. Huh. <laughs> it's kind of... A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Of course it's happening in your head. Does that make it any less real? Exactly. So, we... We really can get Sphinx back? Yes, my child. Of course we can. How? Do you not remember when I told you once upon a time when the damn doll fell apart that everything can be mended? I mean, he's not made of cloth and fluff anymore. He's made of sterner stuff. He is made of the will of the universe trying to survive. So, how? What do I do? We're going to go on a little journey, you and I. All your life you have been preparing for this. A destiny stolen from me and lost to your parents and siblings. But you are still prepared, nonetheless. I'm ready. Good. And I'm glad that it is you that is guiding me. Who else would it be? I mean, honestly... I don't know. <laughs> Harissa. Tell me about the first time you met Mr. Spinks, the doll. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, which one? Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, it was my birthday. And My brothers were being annoying, as usual. My mother and father had given me little things that, you know, little girls need. Nothing particularly special, but... Then, later in the day, when Grammy Rosa came over, she had a very special... Uh, strangely wrapped parcel. You couldn't really see its shape. It was strange. And, um... Tied around it was a golden bow. 
ribbon on red paper and she found me in my room being a little bit sad and sat on my bed with me and handed over this present and it filled my entire lap and I was beyond excited. I think she giggled as I tore into the paper haphazardly and I pulled out the cutest, strangest, ugliest thing I've ever seen. And because he was so strange looking, I loved him all the more. What is his name, my little jewel? Um, I think I'm going to call him Mr. Mr. Spinks. Yes. Mr. Yes. Spinks. Yes. He's a mister, can't you see? Look! And she holds him up towards Grammy Rosa, like, obviously. Like, are you looking at the same thing I am? <laughs> Such a formal title for your new friend. <laughs> Mr. Spinks. I mean, he's a respectable lizard, you know? <laughs> <sighs> yes, he is. He's going to be your new friend, Safra. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him with me everywhere. You'll be very sure to take good care of him. I will, I promise. And I will I will make him dresses and he can wear the dresses because I think it's cute. <laughs> that would be very cute, yes. Now, if anything ever happens to Mr. Spinks, you'll be sure to find me. We'll make sure he's well taken care of. And one day, when you both grow big and strong, he will take care of you, too. Okay. <laughs> and Harissa, you are kind of watching this almost a Christmas carol style at an invisible distance. With the ghost of Christmas past. Well, with the gro with the ghost of lizards past, I guess. <laughs> and the Komodo dragon says, "This was your first trial." Wait, what? What do you mean, first first trial? What was getting Mister Speaks? I don't feel like I was trial, trying anything or on trial. Or... <laughs> you shouldn't have, Safra. That is good. This trial is a measure of one's capacity to love oneself. Hmm. A lizard navigates the world based on intuition. And intuition requires that one... Believe in oneself. You loved Mr. Spinks right away. Not all children do. How could I not? <laughs> I know I failed my trial the first time. Really? Hmm? I was... A bit of a brat, if I'm honest. 
Really? You got me Rosa Rabrata? Listen, you. Just because I don't have my slippers doesn't Where mean do I won't I bash you upside the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took me a long time to learn to love my doll and eventually my dragon. It took me a long time to learn to love myself. Perhaps this ease with which you fell in love with this part of yourself is why the Western Wields have chosen you. Or maybe it's just because you were there and no other Tanin were present. Who knows? I mean, probably. We <laughs> kind of make this shit up as we go along. Eh? But you did very well, Safra. Which is a little more than I can say for the next one. Uh, next, next one. And we jump forward. Harissa. Yes. You are maybe nine years old, eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And you are on your own. You have been given one of your father's spare daggers. Yes. And one of your mother's smallest short bows. Yes. And you have been told to find your supper. Oh, yes. With a little dagger sort of on my hip, the bow in my hands, I've got a little backpack on, and Sphinx is just sort of like, you know, like head and, <laughs> and two arms like out of the top of the backpack so he can see Incredible. and breathe. Um, <laughs> so, all right, Mr. Sphinx, we can do this. We know that you ultimately find a turtle. <laughs> but I would like you to roll me a flat survival check, please. It's like the slowest thing I could find to kill. Yes. Uh, survival check, did you say? Mm-hmm. That's a 27. Fuck's sake. I told you it's slow. It's easy to catch. <laughs> Got him. Got you, Franklin. Franklin, uh, you're going down. Got him. <laughs> Harissa, I think that you... No, I like this a lot. A 27 survival check is very good because I don't necessarily think that it translates into quick success. I think survival here translates into determined success. And I think there are a few good hours in the middle of the day where maybe you didn't really piece together that like not a lot is out in the desert sun. That nothing is around and i think you take a few (laughs) pot shots at some burrowing owls that just miss by a country mile damn it at one point you see a very strange looking creature it seems like it's a kind of rabbit but it is the color of the sand And it shimmers a little bit when it moves. Every time it lands on the sand, the sand kind of rolls as if water had been kind of washing over it. That reflective effect that you get off of the edge of a beach. Hmm. And on a 27, you clock this thing well in advance of it clocking you. 
What does young Safra do? At first, I think she is confused. Like, she's never seen this before. What the heck is this? And she scours her memory to see if someone had maybe said a story about rabbits or something like this. And at first she's like, oh, well, actually, this would be a cool thing to like take home as my, as my prize. And she lifts up her bow and shakily sort of like takes aim as she's pulling the string. And it's a little bit too, too, um, too heavy a poundage of bow for her, honestly. But as she tries to aim and she watches it sort of bounce around in this weird sort of fake water haze thing that it's leaving behind, she lowers the bow and just sits in the sand and just watches it instead. It doesn't notice you. And you see it do something odd as you sit and patiently just observe. At the height of midday, it bounds to the nearest dune. Sits up, turns, faces the sun. Shimmers slightly and vanishes. Safra's gonna rub her eyes and just kind of blink a bit and head over to where it was, where she last saw it and just sort of look around in the sand to see if it maybe borrowed really quick or something. just gone nope didn't think so and then she thinks maybe she's been out in the sun a bit too long and I think at that thought you seek some shade and consider your next option and before too long you light out into the early evening the shade giving cover to some of the more vulnerable denizens of the desert And I think that you square up against your prey justly. I think that there is an element of mercy that is present in all of your considerations. And at some point you find what looks to be a good trophy. And an animal that is bountiful if you know where to look. You find a desert tortoise. And you say the ritual refrains given to you by your grandmother and your parents, thanking the life that you're about to take. Pull back your bow. And hit it in one true shot. I think at first she doesn't believe that she has. Especially given the target to get into a tortoise is pretty small. As you'll head over and a mixture I think of the first time taking a life and that guilt 
and also a pride because she might finally be seen as more than a naive little girl to her parents. You did well, my little jewel, in the end. You know, I'd forgotten about that rabbit. Until now. You never told me about it. I think a part of me was convinced it was heatstroke, and a part of me was convinced no one would believe me. And then it was just overshadowed by the tortoise. It is a curious creature. Never seen anything quite like it. I think I have. Although gecko-shaped in the western wields. Whatever happened to the shell, Safra? Do you still have it? Oh, well, that is a long story. Um, I had to give it to a mushroom to steal a berry, um, to stop a rampaging god. But, you know, uh, a chain of events, uh, butterfly effect, that sort of thing. Um, Afterlife shenanigans, huh? Yes. See if you can get it back. See if I can hunt down the mushroom. The Komodo dragon sort of gives you a little shrug. You never know when these sorts of things might come in useful. Safra's going to frown a little bit at that and just wonder of the significance now of this object that she has traded away. All of your trials are significant, Safra. And in the end, you have done well with them all. And we see a quick flash of Safra learning how to shoot a bow. Of Granny Rosa demanding that Safra tell her the stories that she had been raised on. Of Safra out in the wilderness, camping and hiking. Teaching the other children what berries are safe to eat, what water is safe to drink. And although never explained, we see glimmers of her parents drumming into her the capacity to lead. We arrive at a moment in between memories, and the Komodo dragon turns to you and says, Safra, you do not ever need to forgive your parents. They did not make all of the right decisions. And in fact, in hindsight, they made several really stupid ones. You could say that again, yes. I would encourage you to find within yourself the understanding that they were very afraid. And they still are. Of what? What are they afraid of? What were they afraid of? Me? No! Safra, of course not. And we jump out to the clearing and Harris kind of turns to June and says how do you think she's doing? Well if I know Marissa she's doing fucking fantastic she is exceptional she always has been of course she is you know 
Isaac has told me a little bit of how this place came to be. And he has told me a little bit of the flight of your parents from Agravar. Uh-huh. Thank you for being Safra's friend. There are not many who understand what it is like to be pursued. Harissa and I, we didn't become friends because we were both running from something. Certainly that would have been a factor. No. Common experience? No, I mean... I care for Harissa because I respect the hell out of her. She saved my life several times. Several times. <laughs> uh, you just you just hear Oz <laughs> say, several times. We got to know each other and respect each other and learn from each other. It, we didn't come together just to run together was very natural and I couldn't ask for a better group of friends so sure my parents and Isaac you know they went through some shit sounds like y'all went through some shit but Harissa is more to me than her past she's well she's Someone I can rely on. And we jump back. You know what? You know what I think Guard and uh, and Isaac have been up to. They've been playing mm-hmm. bocce ball. I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Incredible. With, like, giant Amazing. acorns. No, it's the training balls. It's the training balls. They're just. They're just. They're just Isaac's bocce balls. See God. All it, all it takes it's is the flick of the wrist. The flick of Oh my the, god. Shit. Okay, hold on. Let me, the flick of the wrist. <laughs> Isaac, please roll me an athletics check. Oh god. I love the idea of guard being the player that throws the little white ball as far away as possible. S- 16. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, on a 16, you actually don't do too badly. Like, your joints are getting a little stiff. You're maybe not quite as accurate as you once were, but, like, it's a pretty good play. It's not bad. (laughs) Uh, we are going to jump back to Harissa. No, please. And Harissa, you are moving into the final memory, the final trial that Granny Rosa wants to show you. I'm ready. And you find yourself in a space that is, at first, completely unfamiliar. And then it settles in and you realize you you hadn't really thought about this in decades. Uh, it was such a blip in the blur of your very active childhood that it just got lost a little untethered from any meaningful anchor you are out in the desert with your mother and you've been hiking with her for 
probably about two days. You all have been kind of out camping and hiking and Maybe she had some pretense for the trip that had something to do with finding food or water or something necessary for the town. You don't remember and it doesn't come up here. It's early in the morning, maybe 5, 6 a.m., just the crest of dawn. Come on, Safra. Try to keep up. I'm keeping up. I am. I'm right here. We're almost there. Watch out for the dune. You. I know about the dune. <laughs> if we don't make it before sunup, we're going to have to make camp again and wait. I'm I'm doing it. I'm I'm walking the same speed as you. It has to be around here somewhere. What are we looking for? Maybe I can help. I'll know it when I see it. That does not help me help you. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, there it is. Yes, wonderful. Over here. And she just jogs at like a full adult pace, kind of off toward a sandbank. Safra, like running to keep up. I can't. Wait for me. I'm coming. And when you arrive, she kind of brushes away some of the sand, and there is a staircase. Whoa. You ready? Of course I'm ready. I was I was born ready. I'm ready. Where are we going? What's the staircase? Where does it go? Principal Safra, do you have your torch? <sighs> and she swings her backpack around, which of course has Mr. Spink sticking out the top, and pulls out her torch, puts her backpack back on. Of course I have my torch. And you have your knife. And she pats her her side just to make sure. Of course I have my knife. And she sort of flicks her wrist. And a fire ignites on the end of the torch. And she holds it over to yours to light. Hold up my torch. After you. Sapphira is going to be a little bit like... Why the fuck am I going first? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't want to disappoint her mother, so she's going to tentatively uh, step in, pretending to be very brave, holding the torch out in front of her as far as she can to see where she's going. Please roll me an investigation check. <sighs> investigation, you say? Investigate. Oh, I got a whole six. Big rolls. Uh, Safra, <laughs> you plod down the stairs and into a giant open chamber that is filled with suits of armor. Hello, hello, hello. And there's a beat when adult Safra recognizes these suits of armor. Oh. Because each and every one of them looks exactly like guard. <sighs> and then that moment is interrupted. Ugh, Safra! Shh! Come back up here. What? What the... What? You missed... Okay. 
Everything. You don't just go plodding down. There could have been traps. Well. (laughs) I just, I'm so... (laughs) That kind of moment was like, well, why would you send a kid down the stairs first, mother? If there were traps. (laughs) I've been here before. I know that it was safe, but you didn't. Oh. You need to be more careful. Sorry, I, I didn't. I know. I know. Come, come. I want you to see something. And she holds her torch up to the walls. Filigree. Geometric spirals that weave and bend and carve their way down the staircase, interrupted every five stairs by the depiction of a lizard. What is all this? What does it mean? This building belonged to and was a barracks for the old empire. The old empire? There was an inscription at the top. If you had bothered to check for traps, you would have seen it. It's... Well, what did it say? It was an old imperial inscription. Strength through numbers. Is that why there are so many of the suits of armor down here? She nods. You see... The old empire, they had attained a level of mastery over the arcane arts that is lost to many of us today. Like magic? Yes, Safra, like magic. Whoa. Are these magic spells? And she's going to sort of touch the inscriptions on the, Ooh, on the wall. Safra, I need you to roll me a deck saving throw. Fucking always trying oh, to die. That's, a, wants to that's die. our ranger. That's our ranger. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm like six. Uh, 14 is what I rolled. Okay. This was a DC 13 save. For a uh, six-year-old, you monster. <laughs> right? It's like, let's just kill her in the past. It's fine. Uh, you see vroom, the filigree pulse a vibrant orange and then fade. And your mother grabs your hand and wrenches it off the wall. Safra, you have to be more careful. How was I supposed to know that a wall was dangerous? If you do not know what it is, it is dangerous. Well, it looked like a wall, and walls aren't normally dangerous. Well, walls aren't normally imbued with runic magic. You were asking the question as you touched the wall. Maybe wait for an answer next time. This is a powerful place. And I weighed heavily bringing you here. But I thought you should know where magic comes from. So it comes from places like this? No, Safra. It comes from the lizards. Safra moves her torch to where there is one on the stairs. Now reticent to touch the thing or get too close. (laughs) 
the, your torch passes over a five-foot-tall geometric sculpture of a frilled lizard with ruby eyes. Oh, hey, Mr. Spinks, it looks like you. And she's going to move, like, turn around a bit so he can see. The first wizards, people of the hills, where no trees grow, learned how to harness the magic of life from the lizards. And they built channels and pathways into the rock and their very skin to help it flow. So, like, like Grammy Rose's tattoo? I just rolled a nat 20 on a perception check. Is that good? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> she hears something crumble deep in the dark annals of this place. Shh. Quiet, child. We are not alone here. Come, come. Back upstairs now. Oh, okay. Behind me. It's okay, Mr. Spinks. It's okay. Behind Let's me. go. She quickly gets behind her mother. And we see her mark every point on the metaphorical clock, making sure that every entrance, exit, and blind corner is accounted for. And her eyes dwell for a moment on a stair just past the last that you reached. And a little drop of viscous, oily sap and we see her maintaining eye contact with the darkness walk up and back and out of the chamber fade back to the fire and the tea <sighs> and Saffir you here well that sure was something. Harissa, as your eyes start to focus, you see that where the Komodo dragon was is now a tangle of roughly dragon-shaped red vines. Well, hello there, and welcome to the middle of the episode. It's me, Cinder. I am also Guard. But right now, mostly what I want to say is thank you. We have gotten a bunch of new listeners this month. It is so exciting to see this little community growing. My goodness gracious, me oh my. It is so wonderful to have you guys be a part of the show. Speaking of being part of the show, if you would like to be more so a part of the show financially and with creative input, you can check out our Patreon. By joining our Patreon, not only do you get to name NPCs, you also get to create new magic items that will be incorporated into the game. Pretty exciting. I would also recommend checking out our Discord if you have not yet. We host community events. You can hang out with me and the other performers in the show. We'll have some goofs and some gaffs, some funny memes, and there are also live listen-alongs where we listen to new episodes as they come out live and we sort of banter back and forth in the chat. Oh boy, what a time it is. What a time it is. 
Speaking of what time it is, it might be time to get back to the show. June. You see Harissa kind of twitch a little bit and Oz... Okay. We're almost done. What's going on, Oz? I don't know. She just started freaking out a little bit. She okay? Uh, Oz is working on just one arm, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a whole sleeve and Oz is about halfway, a little over halfway done. Okay. It's been a, it's it's been a while. This is probably you guys have probably been sitting there for at this point like a few hours. Can I uh sense anything from like holding her hand? Can I use like extract <laughs> aspects? She just uh, sucks her in her temple. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's based on flurry of blows. Just can I just can I just pinch her a bunch of times? Um, that's adorable. Uh, I think I think I think I will give you a you know kind of a variation on this um, just from kind of being there. I think you've been concentrating on this for a while, uh, so um, that does not cost a that does not cost a bond. Uh, so what I will say is, if you could please roll me an insight check with advantage. Okay, the first one's a five. Okay. Uh, second one. Oh, butts. Okay, so I have an eight and a seven, so eight. Oof, doofa. <sighs> June, something's wrong. You're not sure what you kind of focus in that way that you have been taught to do, and you see the bonds blue and wispy knotted around your hand and Harissa's. And they are beating in a rhythmic way that feels somehow unnatural. But you're not sure what's wrong. June will shift a little bit closer and just very quietly near Harissa's head. It's going to be okay. It's almost done. Harissa, we're going to go ahead and say that that is the help action on whatever you decide to do next. Thank you. Anytime. We jump back to Harissa's dream. And this tangled mass of root and blood red vine in the rough shape of the Komodo dragon crosses its legs. You are quite the warrior. And you are quite the abomination. Forgive us. We do not believe we have been properly introduced. Who are you? What are you? Go ahead and rub me an intimidation check, if you'd be so kind. And you can use the help action here, uh, or I'll let you hold it for something a little bit more substantial if you want. Intimidate a god for us, please. Uh, let's see how well it goes. All right, I will do my best. I've got a minus one. <gasps> Nat 20, baby. Hey. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, the Komodo vine mass kind of slithering over itself sits up a little bit more straight. 
Is there an order in which you'd like us to answer those questions? I suppose it depends what you consider yourself to be. We are... the reclaiming force of the Western Wheels. What does that mean? We are a god. That's probably the word you'd use. And do you have a name? You know, it's been a long time since anyone has asked us that. We do. We are Luna. Luna. Haven't you been missing for some time? According to who? The forest itself, I suppose. Have you seen the mass of decay? We've been doing our job, which is more than we can say for the others. Well, there are reasons for that, which we are finding out slowly. We're sure there are. It would be nice to have time to resolve them properly, but... We have to commend you on doing a phenomenal job with Demoiselle. Wait. What are you doing here before I talk any further with you? We saw a beacon go up. We thought we might take the opportunity to speak with you directly. You're not uh, sneaking into this ritual because I am at a vulnerable point? Why would we want to hurt you, Safra? Harissa. I don't know. You think impersonating my grandmother and knowing my name is going to intimidate me? Is this form uncomfortable? We could choose another or even shift to a different voice if that's helpful for you. Get to the point as to why you are here and talking to me. We are not done our work. The world is still being torn asunder. The Elder Gods have fallen out of balance. That's what we do. We maintain balance. And you all have been not just useful, but generously so. Imprisoning Demoiselle is maybe not exactly what we had in mind, but it will get the job done for the moment. Get the job done in what way? Did you not have a conversation with June? We spoke with her at length. So, we know the gods are unbalanced and acting in strange ways. What would be your favorite outcome? Favorite has absolutely nothing to do with it. There is a necessary outcome. And what do you believe that is? Putting an end to the imbalance. Or restoring balance. Safra, honey, we don't have that kind of time. I'm sorry for you that that is the case. You're not quite as cooperative as we had hoped. 
You didn't exactly make a good impression. Our options for reaching out are somewhat limited. And taking a crude and strange form of my grandmother during an important moment was a way to do that? Slithers into just a more vaguely humanoid form. We're not here to split hairs, Safra. We need to do our job. There are more Elder Gods that need dealt with. One is currently desiccating all of Agravar, and will soon be upon the Western Wields. Now are you with us? Or are you against us? I think we have the same goals, but I don't think we will be going about them the same way. I don't know if that satisfies you enough, but that is all the answer I will give you. Harissa. This humanoid figure stands up. <laughs> Can you imagine? Sorry. Steps toward you and says, If you are not willing to cooperate, then I will remove you from the equation. This is a dream, right? Not in any of the ways that count. Oh my god. Uh, that is a 14 to hit. Harissa, what is your armor class? What? A 14. A vine whips out of this thing's amorphous hand and wraps around your throat. You are grappled, restrained, and take 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Is there anything happening to her body that we can witness? Harissa's face is turning purple. And you can see a visible indent around her throat. Oz, Oz, can we wake her up? There's something wrong. I have absolutely no idea. This is his business. Are Isaac and Guard still far the fuck away in like a different universe, essentially? Uh, I would not be opposed to you two being relatively close. I don't think you were invited to this specifically, but I don't think it's unreasonable that the two of you would have been like, hey, this is this is a guy who was part of the occupying army. Like, maybe we should not be too terribly far. Do either Guard or Isaac, with both Isaac's sort of magical bond as a warden of the Western Wields or Guard's being a guardian that travels casually between the waking and the dying world do does do we do either of us feel anything sense of disturbance in the force yeah uh go ahead and both of you roll me uh perception checks if you'd be so kind god god yeah god it's your turn why are you just standing yeah. there yeah you know <laughs> you're just like <laughs> i know i i, I lift no, up my hand ass, with but... my hand with no hand and try to go shh but there's no hand to stick a finger up. <laughs> uh, I got a 17. 11. Okay. Uh, Isaac, you have no idea what's happening. All right. I guess I'll just take your turn. <laughs> Guard, you feel the faint trail of a feather on your shoulder. I'm going to turn. I see no feather. 
I grab Isaac by the shoulder. Oh, you messed up my throat. I think we need to pause the game. And I'm going to just start pulling Isaac towards the direction that the feather was. Uh, You make for a dead sprint to the ritual and arrive to see June bent over Harissa, Oz and Harris looking on somewhat helplessly. And I need everyone to roll me initiative. I'm going to punch a ghost. God. Five. (laughs) Yes. Twelve. Hey, 12. Natural 20. Natural 20. Natural Damn 20. Guard. <laughs> Guard's so excited to beat up Harissa. Harissa, <laughs> <laughs> wake up. <laughs> wake up, Harissa. <laughs> Guard, you are the first to arrive at the scene, and you see Safra seated, strangled, dying. You see June hovering, trying to make sense of what's happening. Horace, a beat away, panicking, trying to move through that fear. And Oz, doing their damnedest to get the last few bits of ink onto a full sleeve tattoo. Harissa, would you please describe this tattoo? Starting at the shoulder in various kind of like hues of red, um, this tail morphing into body, kind of uh, encircling the arm and kind of twisting round. And it's in the style of um, that sort of like squared off sort of Aztec, Mayan sort of like, sky serpent sort of like imagery as it kind of like goes down her arm and at the near the wrist um is sort of like the head with the frill and sort of like a few flames coming out onto her hand guard is going to walk up see harissa choking see june like clawing at something at harissa's neck that isn't there he's gonna go down to his knees, put his hand on Harissa's back for a second, and then he's going to see the tattoo on her arm. He's going to lift his hand from her back, and he is going to grab the underside of her arm uh, where Oz is finishing the tattoo on the top. He's going to look at Oz and then down to the tattoo. You've rested enough. She needs you. We need you. Isaac, you see guard kneel and begin to whisper into Harissa's new tattoo. The situation is calm, but rapidly getting out of hand. Uh, Because Isaac uses the vines, is there any notice? I'm so glad you asked me this fucking question. Uh, Please go ahead. Uh, You can burn... Uh, what's that palette anything that you get that like shows you stuff? Detect good and evil, but that's an action. Uh, okay, you could burn that if you want, or if you don't want to burn that and use your action, I will give you a perception check. You might get slightly less perfect information. I just use perception. Cool. 
11. On an 11, you exhale deeply, taking a second to center yourself on the gravity of this moment. Training kicking in, awareness kicking in, but it's too unfamiliar. The ground is too shaky. The ground is beating. The ground is pulsing. The ground is pulsing. Uh, Isaac looks around, notices Oz is still working, notices June and Guard are at Sephra's side, and he looks over to her father, who's like distant, and he just shakes his head, and he well kneels down in front of Sephra. Captain, uh, I know you got a shit deal in all this, but, um, just know your family's here and we're here to help. And he's gonna place his hands on her face and I'll make sure that the Western Wheels are as well. And he'll cast protection from good and evil. Oh. <gasps> Incredible. Oh, woman fuzzy. <laughs> Stop trying to die. Right. Uh, with protection from good and evil, let me read the spiel. Until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch is protected against aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, fiend, and undead. Uh, creatures that uh, of this type have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target. The target can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. If the target is already charmed, frightened, or possessed, the target has advantage on new saving throws against the creature. Harissa. Yes? You are suspended in midair. You are alone with this malevolent presence. And yet, you hear the timbral echoes of the voices of your friends. And you're not sure if they're there or if you just need them to be. But what difference does it make? What do you do? She's still... A part of her thinking that this is just a dream. This is a trial that she has to overcome. She hears June and God and Isaac and she gets almost like a uh, like a second wind of strength um, and she looks towards the fire and kind of focuses on it and wills herself to hear Spinks's voice as well and she's going to cast summon Drake. Yeah! I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're all there with you. We're all there with you. Harissa, the fire explodes. And in a flashbang, whistling in your ears, white light roiling away in your vision, you blink hard gag on the vines around your throat 
and hear off in the distance. As Mr. Spinks inexplicably swings in on a rope, emanating from fucking nowhere, dressed in the tatters of the dress designed for him by Mama Maybell. It doesn't oh. fit anymore. Harissa, what do we see? <laughs> you see, you see, instead of the two foot sitting on your shoulder type frilled lizard, you see a four-foot growth sphinx swinging on in with tiny wee little little cherub wings oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) not actually doing anything but fluttering in the wind um (laughs) as he sort of dives in very um Errol Flynn style Swing it away. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's a he's a bigger boy now, slightly bigger frill. All all of the same excitement and um shenanigans as before. It speaks his turn. Zavra! <laughs> he is gonna um He is going to leap and sort of just bite into the um, vines that are um, leading to, to Arissa's neck, just trying to kind of break the the tether. A 15 to hit. That's a 15 to hit. Uh, you are going to get advantage from guard. Help action. So that's 18. And 18 does in fact hit uh, uh, Harissa. What does this look like? I... After swinging on in and landing in front of the fire, sort of hands on hips and looking very triumphant, chest puffed out, he sees what's happening and sort of leans back and springs up and just like a terrier that's like bitten onto a bit of like rope and then just is dangling there. is Mr. Spencer oh, like a, a crop top right now? Oh. Is that what's happening? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 100%. Oh, fuck yes. Um, uh, go, ahead, go ahead and roll damage for me if you'd be so kind. Oh, so that's six in total. Uh, fantastic. Uh, that is not a tremendous amount of damage against this thing. No, especially towards a god, but hey <laughs> But there is a minute where... The vines recoil and acknowledge Sphinx, and there's a and an attempt to sort of shake him off. Uh, that eventually becomes a dissolution. Nah, he's locked on now, baby. <laughs> and these vines fade into the dirt, and Harissa. You wake up. Mr. Spinks coiled in your lap. You got him back. When you say coiled in my lap, like a yeah. giant fucking Labrador. Um, like a fucking <laughs> mastiff coiled in your lap. <laughs> Yeah, you know how it goes. Just 
plonked. Do we see this? All of you see Harissa raise her head as Oz pulls back the needle for the last time and Sphinx is there. What? What? Oz! You did it! Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get a tattoo anymore. Yeah, that was hectic. <laughs> um, that was a lot. Dragon Tamer Oz. No, no, no. No, this was all her. It, is that Mr. Sphinx? Hello. Did you miss me? And Juno, <laughs> her arms up. I think um, after a quick sort of like hug and nuzzle on uh, Safra, he's gonna just leap again like an oversized dog into June and probably. Ah! Not <laughs> Hello, I missed you. I thought you were dead. Oh my god. I mean, so did I. I was confused, but I'm back now. Um, Isaac is gonna. Grab him by the the back of the neck, the little, the scruff of his neck. <laughs> the now, Mister Sphinx, I don't. Th- what were you choking Saffron for? What's going on? You're a lot bigger. Hey, hey! Don't touch the goods. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm bigger oh, now. Oh, I'm big. I can almost look you in the eye. All right. Oh, okay. All right. He sets him down. It's four feet. Yeah, look yeah, me in the uh, eye, right? Thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going to dust off what's left of the dress. Like, <clears throat> no, I stopped. I stopped something else from strangling her. Thank you very much. Oh. Yes, that was, um, <clears throat> that, uh, June, uh, do you know anything about some, a uh, I don't even know what a blood tree thing. Blood tree? Yeah. I mean, remember I told you guys about that like weird vision type thing that I had and there was like this big blood tree and it sounded like my daddy and it sounded like a bunch of other people and it wanted us to kill the gods, the elder gods and... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Is that, is that what you saw? Yeah, they're pretty, um, pretty upset, uh, when I said I didn't necessarily want to kill, <clears throat> kill all the gods. Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, they, um, really want them dead. Oh, and apparently... They are Luna. What? So hold on. So you met this Luna while, and he sniffs around, um, enjoying certain types of, uh... Ceremonial herbs. Yeah, yeah. Listen, c- c- don't c- judge. There's no judgment Listen, here. I, there's no judgment at all. And I know that my niece also usually enjoys to um <laughs> partake and she met the same yeah individual mm. listen i thought it was a dream too until i started dying do you think that maybe 
he looks at whatever residues left of the herb and it's <laughs> it's like you know connective blood tree kush blood tree Want a little bit of red vine? This is what y'all do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With all due respect, hmm? Axe Drummer, my daughter nearly died. Yeah, and you did absolutely nothing. So anyways, guys, I need it, y'all uh, to focus <laughs> and make sure that when we are partaking in such things, we, we give each other a little bit of warning next time. Um... I mean, I certainly think we need to be more careful in future, yes. They are not happy either way. Why are they coming at us? Apparently we aren't doing things quickly enough and they want these gods dead. They don't want us to just appease them. That's upper management for you. Always just We're like more. four people. We're four <laughs> like randos. Well, I mean, you're kind of four four randos that are like the most powerful beings, <laughs> the protector of the forest, the uh, uh, apparently some sort of immortal lizard person, uh, and a literal ceramic vassal of the god of death. So, you know, June, I know you're 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 just like a really talented normal human compared to everybody else, but like you're all a pretty pretty ridiculous in the scheme of things, you know. I just don't understand why it's like suddenly became our responsibility to like, who the hell does this blood tree think they are to just pop up in random situations? You know what? I want to talk to this blood tree. I think we should talk to this blood tree because I don't believe it's Luna. That is some bullshit. They didn't tell me they were Luna last time I spoke to them. Well, did you ask what the name was? I I think I did. You did not. I I mean, mm-hmm. I was. You were. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was it. I mean, it was a time. That thing is fucking terrifying. I think we, if we do choose to seek out the blood tree, we will have to do so on our turf not where they are stronger did it tell you why why the gods need to die just that they need to keep a balance and it is imbalanced and the only way to sort that out is to get rid of them all completely clean the slate who are they to make that? I don't know, June. They honestly seem just as confused as Demoiselle was. I mean, there's some... They might have a point. There's some weird stuff happening. Like, remember when we lost guard on the way back here? And I went to go look for him, and I ran up a tree. Um. There was, like, sand where there wasn't supposed to be sand. They did say that there was a god decimating Agravar right now. It is the work of a god. 
apparently. Agravar is being consumed by the desert. It is a, a normal process, if unfortunate. I had assumed it was the result of over-farming or agriculture of some kind. Well, either way, <clears throat> I think we need to head to Agravar. And some of us have more reasons than others to be there, too. And she's going to look at June. Yep. And yeah. I think you need a lozenge because you, you still... It, you. Yeah. yeah, you probably yeah, should stop talking and let it heal a bit. <laughs> She's like, the colors but coming like back to her face. Like yeah. around there. <laughs> oh, we have not heard from Guard here in a minute. Guard has been standing almost behind Isaac. I think Guard is is hesitant and a little bit nervous for a reason that he can't really put his finger on. As much as Guard missed Spinks, I think that now that Spinks is in front of him again, there is a feeling of anxiousness. Guard is going to look to Chun. You said, why us? Why anybody? This is a path that we can walk. I do not think why us is a question we need to answer. I think perhaps a better question is, if not us, then who? I think that's a great point, God. And uh, I think our next dealings and destinations should be towards this desert known as uh, Agrivar. Well, after any places a hand on Harissa's uh, head and heals her for ten hit points, uh, after our captain here gets some rest. Oh, my throat feels much better. Yeah, no problem. I'm getting used to you know. Magic's not that bad. It is, you just need to. You need to have the arcane presence as myself to be able to hone and master it. As, as I have. We join what I think is actually probably our first kind of outdoor town meeting. Because I think that Ooh. generally everyone is assembled. And I think that Isaac and Hank are kind of at the head of this discussion. It's a bit of a fire going and, you know, the core group is kind of surrounded and maybe some of the townsfolk are around there, some of the Agri-guard and uh, Harris's one or two kind of assistants are, are kind of behind them, and uh, I I think that uh, in this in this situation, Hank uh, is kind of deferential to Isaac and his leadership of these people, right? I think that uh, he has you know kind of helped you assemble everybody who needs to be here and and has sort of turned the floor over to you. Uh, hello everybody. Um, as you can see, we're we're back. It has been been a while since we we've been here, but um, we as soon as we got back, and as you can see, some things have changed. And he points to CJ, who I'm assuming has taken over the new kids climbing on elemental 
uh <laughs> oh yeah now that now that it's no longer guard now the guard is all all sharp surfaces and, and yeah. blood tears so, yeah <laughs> cj just sitting down and it's like it's kind of it's funny because it's kind of like one of those playgrounds with the giant uh stone and or plastic animal but yeah it's, uh that's the vision i have for that but um uh we we will be heading back with our uh allies and he points to hank um to try and sort out another issue in our world that if we do not fix will eventually come and become an issue for rally itself and uh just know that we we do this to protect rally uh the floor is open to anyone who has questions and <laughs> yeah, Isaac. Couple of questions over here. All right, all right. What's what's going on, Maurice? Yeah, um, I got three questions in order of importance. Uh, first, number one, uh, who is we? Who's going to Agravar? <clears throat> and honestly, you don't even have to answer that one. I don't really care. I just assume that you're gonna want to think that through because it isn't gonna be me. Question number two. Question number two. I'm going to get all my questions out first, if you don't mind. Question number two is, uh, is uh, what the hell are you doing about provisions? Because these, these damn Agravarians done ate up everything we got left and interrupted our sale to the Empressar, so we're out of... Yeah, damn near about everything, according to Benny. <coughs> Question number three. The hell is Scrumpy going to take back over this fucking pig pan? I don't know, Maurice. For your last question, I think you're doing a wonderful job. And I feel as though, if anything, it's a promotion for you. Um, I, I wouldn't. He is chewing gravel at that, but has nothing to say because you guys have stopped running a mill. Um, to answer the, the first one, it will, it will be the same party as before. Myself, the captain. God and uh, Juniper. And then for provisions, I would assume in this journey that we'll be taking, uh, our wonderful governor would be able to provide some sort of transit between us when it came to supplies. Uh, Go ahead and roll me a persuasion check if you'd be so kind. Oh, can I phrase it differently then? Yeah. I wouldn't see it as a difficult task for such a a wonderful and intelligent governor such as yourself. June's eyes are going through the back of her head. Absolutely acidide. Please roll me a persuasion check with advantage. <laughs> that was a nat one and a seven, so 13. Uh, yeah, of course, Isaac. I'm sure we're going to be able to figure something out. You know, it's the we leave them undead and into the you know the the functionaries. They'll figure out how to get you guys the things that you need. It's way more important to have you all aligned with us in the fight against the Empressar and whatever other business you guys have going on. We're sure we'll be able to support you. I'm sure, not a problem. Of course, with the Archmage Scrumpy doing so much to to help weaponize 
the Gravarians. You know what? Maurice is just grumbling to himself. Uh, and you see Scrumpy is sitting uh, kind of on a log uh, alongside Benny. Uh, actually, between Benny and Big Paul. He hasn't raised his head. Not once. What, what, what is your thoughts on this, Scrumpy? Um, uh, he kind of plasters on a bit of a forced smile. I'll go where I'm told. Watch it. Insight check. Everybody can roll. My baby's grumpy. I can't take it. Butts. That's a six. Anybody else? I've got 12. <laughs> I want to say that Isaac knows that look. Why? Um, A, a look of being forced to do something that he doesn't align with as much. Fuck me, you got me. Go ahead and roll with advantage. I am rolling like trash, 11. Isaac, something's up. June, <sighs> Scrumpy seems maybe tired. He, he seems maybe a little overworked. I think your first thought is like labor rights before anything else, right? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Uh, like, is he getting his mandatory like hour the break every eight? Are late. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but uh, nothing, nothing really sort of outshines. So, so here's the plan, as far as I see it. We're gonna, you know, kind of bring a contingent of uh, the rally denizens, as it were. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously going to have, you know, kind of leadership is going to come back with us. We'll figure out who's going to be in charge, you know, so, but you're all big boys and girls. You'll take care of yourselves. Uh, we are going to be bringing with us uh, a couple of extra people as well. Uh, big Paul has insisted rather violently that he be brought along. And uh, we're going to be bringing our good friend Scrumpy with us. I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable uh, back at... Uh, you know, back in town, uh, you know, Scrumpy, I don't know if y'all know this, but Scrumpy's a city boy, grew up uh, with the, the trappings of, uh, you know, some nice hotels and things, and we're going to put them up right, uh, and uh, we'll be leaving, what do y'all say, a couple days, two, three, don't want to stick around here too long. I would say as soon as possible, seeing as how we're on a timeline with some high ups. He turns to Safra. Yes. Uh, I think two days to get our equipment and everything in order. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, Maurice. <coughs> yeah, Isaac, what do you need? Uh, back, back to talking about you in the situation with the boar. Yeah, looks like I'm stuck with that one for a minute. Oh, I was actually going to say, um... You have been promoted to the lead on that, as we'll need Leah to be making sure that the town of Rally is in good hands. Fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and Leah kind of goes, Isaac, if you say so, you sure you're okay going back to Agravar? Well, you know, I got family and... It, it... Do you? Oof. 20 years, huh?
it'll it'll be a journey. Nothing that uh nothing that I don't deserve is gonna happen going back to that to that that place. But I know I'm leaving with you and Benny, I know I'm leaving Rally in good hands. Uncle Isaac will be fine. You don't got to worry about him at all. We'll take good care of him. So, yeah. uh, I love all of you. Stay safe. And, um. We'll go fix the world for you. And I think there's like a collective, like half eye roll where everyone is like okay Isaac but those who know you those who have gotten to know you know how much it means when you give your word and the meeting breaks up Isaac can we talk for a moment privately? Of course. While they're talking, can June run away to Oz to get sleeping draft? Uh, yes. Cool. And I think that that is something that you can, you know, that you can do relatively easily. It's definitely met with a lot of like, I like, fuck this. Why has my resignation meant nothing? Uh, sure, I'll help you, June attitude. <laughs> but like, yes, yes, absolutely. Guard, you find yourself more or less alone with Isaac as June like sprints off conspicuously. What's going on? When we were in the afterlife and I spoke with Demoiselle, I bound myself to her. I have to make sure the Emperor dies. I am not the best at making plans, but I want you to know that I trust you. And if there are things that we must do that are not directly in the path of killing the Emperor, but you believe that they must be done in order for that goal to be accomplished, then I will follow you on those tasks. But I ask two things of you. When all of this is done, Regardless of how it ends, the Emperor must die. Even if they are put on trial, and even if they are given some judgment that is not death, that doesn't matter. They will die. And I ask that you not step in my way when that time comes. The second thing I ask is that you do not take advantage of me. You are very good at talking. And I know that you are very good at talking. 
and I do not want to be guided away from my mission. Please be honest with me when we talk. Please do not lie to me about anything. God, you're a very observant individual, and obviously you know the ways I usually deal with individuals. But just as you remember the things that you did in respect of Demoiselle, I need you to remember the thing that I did. Which, when you said to trust you, and you left the battlefield to do what you needed to do, I did exactly that. And you were able to save all of us. So, with those actions, I hope that you understand that I do absolutely trust you. And I hope that you know that you can trust me. And I do promise that anything I say to you from henceforth will be the truth. I am lucky to call you my friend, Axe Drummer. Thank you, God. The old me would have laughed at that, but this, uh, this new Isaac, um, hasn't heard such great words in a very long time. Then he, um, puts his arm out. Guard extends his hand. Then he reaches for your forearm and grasps it. Now this is, <laughs> this is more of a, a, a traditional, um, trusting shake between companions in, in battles, in, and in war. And that's what we're heading towards, God. And I know you have a very important mission, but please trust, trust this process that we're going through that it will lead you to your destination. I will. And if in this journey through Agravar or wherever it takes us, when it is time to stop being cautious, let me know. I will. And he leans in. Now, I'm pretty sure I was in the middle of whooping your ass and some bocce ball, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, amazing. And with that, we cut. June. You have acquired sleeping drafts from Oz, despite their moaning. What do you do with them? So not many people know this about June, but she's actually, like, a pretty decent baker. (laughs) This whole time? This entire time. This entire time? Yep. And you haven't baked any cinnamon buns for Sphinx? I'm upset. It's mainly right. brownies. We haven't been around it. <laughs> it's mainly... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. There we go. Now the audience can firmly believe that this has been a thing the whole time and we haven't talked about it. The whole time. The whole time. Um, so after she has acquired the sleeping draft from Oz, 
June will run back to her family home, pull out the flour and the sugar and the chocolate and a couple of other things. She's got some sour cream. That's her secret then a little bit of cinnamon and um she's gonna start prepping <laughs> start making her brownies and she's going to pour the sleeping draft into the batch of wet mixture mix it up pour it into a pan bake it um and while it's baking, she's going to head to the bedroom and she's going to find all the dark clothing that she can. Black pants, black slippers. Uh, she finds an old, like, hooded cowl that she puts on. Um, and she finds a black bandana type thing to wrap around her face. Um... She goes back into the kitchen, puts her apron back on because she doesn't want any, you know, brownie on her new outfit. Um, cuts them up to nice little slices. Puts each slice into a little, I don't know, napkin. And is going to wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is. I'm not ready for what's happening. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I laugh when I'm nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's going to wait till it's very, very late. And she's going to go to where Hank is staying hmm. and kind of hide herself outside mm -hmm. uh, till she knows that he has entered where he is staying. Mm -hmm. And seems to be going down for the night okay you do that <laughs> okay so she doesn't have the cowl on she doesn't have the uh face wrapping on um and she's just gonna casually go up to was she able to clock how many guards there are uh yeah there's not a ton, probably one, standing between you and uh, and the door. She's gonna approach him, very casually. Hey there. Evening, miss. Um, I feel like when y'all were, you know, when we got back, uh, I wasn't very, very welcoming. Um, nah, you shot at us a couple times. That was. Uh, I know. Uh, you listen, know, I'm a soldier. You're. I guess a soldier. Professional discretion. I get it. I mean, I was just trying to watch my own. You know, this is my home, and I, and it, I I came with a peace offering. Um, I do some baking, and uh, I just. Oh, you want to give them to the Lord Gov? Well, I want I want to give them to you too. Um, oh. So I was, and I'm trying out a new recipe. Um. Well, that's very kind of you. Added a secret ingredient. I don't know if you know uh, Oz, but they are—they're also a wonderful cook and, and baker. And uh, you know, I'm just—I'm trying out their recipe. So, um, 
Yeah, and she'll hold out this pile of brownies. I need you to give me a deception check with advantage. Okay. I have no words. I love this, and I am so curious about what the fuck is about to happen. (laughs) So the first one was an eight, and this one's a nat 20. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Uh, without missing a beat, this guard is just like, and they're for they're for me. That, uh, that you are too damn kind. I'm just going around. I'm just giving them out. Do you know? I mean, is anybody else working tonight? Uh, I mean, I can... there's going to be somebody that's going to relieve me, but not for another six hours. So it's just me for a while. Okay. Well, do you want to try one and then hold on to them for whoever comes next? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Thank you so much. This is an incredible gesture. You know, I we have occupied more more mm-hmm. territories mm-hmm. than I can count, and none of them, oh, yeah. no one in any of those territories has ever yeah. baked me brownies. This is the nicest thing everybody anybody's ever done. I, uh, you know, uh, I don't sure. <laughs> just try. I'm just trying to be nice to our occupiers. You know. Well, that, that is mighty appreciated, and I'll tell you what, we are excited to get out of your hair. I mean, you're going to be coming with us, so we're not going to be out of your hair specifically. Right, right, right. You know right, what right. I mean. Anyway, thank you very much for these. Uh, I you're am so just going to... I'll try one now. And he takes a bite and just passes out. Holy shit, that worked. Dude. <laughs> like, concerningly <Okay>. quickly. <laughs> uh, she'll check his pulse just to make sure. Barely. Right, like like Oz gave you like a, a sachet of like straight laudanum, and you just didn't ask questions. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, have some opium. All right, you'll be fine. Uh, you might have a headache when you wake up, but you'll be fine. Um, all right. Uh, she's gonna take the brownie satchel, and she's got toss it back into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a fucking like a uh, like, like a fucking rat just like takes a bite, and dies. <laughs> Um, no okay uh uh okay 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 uh she'll put her uh throw her hood up or put the face mask on sure put her hood up and um is it a single floor that hank is staying on yeah uh, you you so the way that a lot of the domiciles especially kind of further up the hill work is that they're usually kind of like on stilts as the river usually runs kind of down and through them um and so you're like up a flight of stairs at the back entrance that would go straight into the bedroom you just whip this plate like over the rally wall and you are now at the unguarded door back door to the room in which hank is staying Okay, I do not want to go to the front door. I want to go look for a window. Uh, yeah, there's a window, like, right next to you. All right, great. I want to peek in. Is Hank in there? Uh, yeah, you see him uh, standing in front of a full-length mirror. He is wearing uh, a white dressing gown, uh, just like, and, and he's got one of those, like, pointy sleeping hats, and he is just, like, adjusting it in the mirror. <laughs> fucking nerd i love him i okay. love him so much i um, think we broke emily <laughs> ebenezer scrooge <laughs> uh i'm i'm gonna kind of perch hidden and wait until he crawls into bed 
Uh, he stands in that mirror adjusting that hat for like a distressing amount of time. <laughs> God, this fucking guy. Uh, but he does eventually climb into bed uh, and you see him take uh, a candle. He, he seems to be partial to candles in like one of those little hooks and he just <gasps> blows it out, sets it down, kind of brings the blanket up to his chin kind of a vibe. Uh, and it is dark. I'm going to wait a little mm-hmm. bit until he seems in a sleep. Oh, just... Fabulous. I was literally about to make the same Yeah, there's... There's obnoxious snores. There's no question that he is out. I'm so bad about I want to very quietly open the window if it's unlocked. It is. And, jeez, this guy just like, no shit's good. And crawl into the bedroom. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me a stealth check with advantage, please. I'm going to say this is a DC. Somewhere between 10 and 12, different things will happen there. Oh, the first one was a 17. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, the other one was a nat one. <laughs> so, 17. Uh, yeah, 17. You know, I'm, like, I'm going to get to the bed and swiftly jump on top and straddle him what i'm trying to do is pin him between like in the blankets yeah sure yeah i'm just gonna say yes until i figure out what's happening cool take his stupid little dunce cap oh boy rip it off the head no and put it over it like in his mouth to quiet him and i'm gonna say now you're not gonna say a word or else it's gonna be the last thing you do Friends, this has been another episode of Unbalanced Encounters. Mmm, crazy. What's going to happen next? Who knows? But I'll tell you what I do know. We have a new patron. James McGriff. Well, James, thank you so much for supporting the show. It really does mean the world to us. You are a champion. We are all champions. Let us rise together into the sky of the endless night. Speaking of which, another big thank you to our rally defenders. I'm talking about Elderberry. I'm talking about Darlene Wallace. And I'm talking about Dark Steel Panda. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for your support and your generosity and being a part of this wild little ride that we are all going on together. Have a great night. Have a great week. Everybody get home safe. Don't forget to tell your pets that I say, hey, how's it going? See you guys in the next one.